0: It's the Atop the Pit Box Podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, Fantasy NASCAR
1: race fans. Welcome back for another episode of the Atop the Pit Box Podcast. I'm Zach Dick, along with my partner, Josh Rolfis, to talk all things Darlington and look ahead to this weekend's race at Kansas.
2: All right, so we got episode two. We're back. So we got some some people listening, and so we're we're decided we're gonna do this again. So thanks for joining us, and we're glad that you're tagging along with us as we review this race and uh, get into to how the how it impacted NASCAR our fantasy NASCAR league. So uh, thanks for listening. So we got the the Twitter handle for everyone to follow at NASCAR Norton. That's gonna be live tweeting the the standings uh, most races. Uh, NASCAR information throughout the week so definitely worth a follow at NASCAR Norton and the man behind the Twitter handle is Justin Norton so big props to to Justin Norton for handling all that uh, data for us and sending out those weekly emails so uh, one thing that we had got some feedback on with the first episode was that it would be nice to have interviews with people from the league. And, and we obviously love to hear from everybody. So if you have suggestions, tweet at us, let us know, send an email. We love to, to hear what you guys are, are thinking and what you guys want from the podcast. So uh, one thing was interviews. And so when Zach and I kind of determined we were going to try that out on this, uh, this episode here, we figured there was only one person that is worth the first guest and that is the man behind the numbers, behind the emails, Justin Norton, our commissioner. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. That was a lot of hype. <laughs> well, <laughs> well earned. <laughs> well
1: deserved. Well deserved.
2: So, uh, we have a, a lot of new people that have joined the league this year. Uh, some people that you know, obviously new to NASCAR or following NASCAR for a long time. So, kind of give an give us an idea of the history of the league and kind of where you see the league
0: going in the future. Yeah. So we started it. I think we determined we were on our fourth year now. Um, And each year we've changed a little bit about how we do it. We've changed the format uh, with a goal of growing every year. Um, The first year, I think we were around 50 people. We nearly doubled that the next year. Uh, We remain kind of consistent over the last few years, got to a hundred this year. So that was a, a good goal. We met that. Um, and obviously, for the future, we just want to keep growing. And in order to do that, um, we probably need to find more efficiencies uh, in terms of automation. Uh, so one one big goal I have for next year is creating some sort of web form to fill out the entries rather than having people fill out a piece of paper or emailing me their picks. Um, <clears throat> that way, we can hopefully reach out to people Outside of just our area and our region, um, if people f- randomly follow us on Twitter, we can get those, those entries by having it accessible via the web. So that, that's a big goal for next year. That's a, that would be huge, uh,
2: especially if that would load into the spreadsheet so you're not, uh, you know, typing <laughs> 50 entries when you get to the west side. So um, <laughs> that would be definitely definitely helpful, I'm sure take some fun out of it though i wouldn't get to play with my spreadsheet anymore that is true but you still keep be able to keep track of the uh of the entries on the spreadsheet so you still have that one of the other things that so as we go through these interviews we're going to kind of ask kind of the same questions as we get people on uh just to kind of get a little bit of dialogue around their experience with nascar and, and things like that so uh for you nort how long have you been watching nascar obviously been in the fantasy league since the beginning but how long have you been a NASCAR fan? So it was
0: 1998. And I know that because the first video game I played was NASCAR. Um, and in 98, they had the cars that shot the purple paintballs. Um, <laughs> I, was I was hooked from there. So I started to get the die cast cars. And so I've been a NASCAR fan since I was, since I was nine years old um, I, Probably a bigger fan when I was nine years old than I even am today. Um, my my walls were surrounded with with NASCARs, and I hated people. I hated people in the races, and I was much more passionate about um, about it than I than I even am today. So, ninety eight to to be specific.
1: What got you into NASCAR? Was your dad a NASCAR fan? Did you have a relative, uh, you know, that was a NASCAR fan? What What got you into NASCAR at age nine?
0: Yeah, so it was my dad. I mean, he, he watched NASCAR. Um, again, I, I would say it was that video game. I, I randomly just started playing it at, at my uncle's house and thought it was cool and, and kind of went off from there. But my dad was already into it, so it made that transition into fandom a little easier. Um, that's how I how I learned my love of Rusty Wallace. That came from him. He was, he was a Rusty fan, so picking a driver was easy. Um, the Blue Deuce um and that that's been my my number one driver of all time he's never really been replaced there's been guys that have tried and yeah let's talk
2: up can we talk about some of those guys that have have tried (laughs) to been replaced do we have to yeah i think (laughs) i think it's worth i think it's worth uh recapping here so Uh. so after after rusty wallace who was who was next
0: so after Rusty, it was Carl Edwards, um, and and I was with him for a few years. Um, I I would say he's probably as far as being a passionate fan of somebody, he was he was a second place to Rusty. Um, obviously, we know his story. He he left NASCAR early, some would say, uh, surprisingly, and I still blame that on Joey Logano to this day. So screw Joey. <laughs> And then, and then, who
2: came after? Uh, Who's after after that?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I jumped around after that. Um, there was a a year of of Matt De Benedetto. <laughs> yes, um, there was <laughs> D. That's what you were trying to drive out of me there. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna
2: let you forget the year <laughs> yeah. of Matty D. Yeah.
0: <laughs> every every driver I pick, they seem to leave me. So that that's why it's never been. Uh, I've never had that strong love of a NASCAR driver. And really now anymore, it's just my NASCAR fantasy teams. That's that's who I'm cheering for each week. But if I had to pick a driver today, it'd be Ryan Blaney. And
2: and second is
0: Oh, I don't have a second. Oh, I just thought you'd say Ross Chastain. I thought he's growing on me. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna make too many people mad at me by announcing <laughs> that quite yet. It's it's early. Yeah, it's quite the uh quite the journey for
2: your, for your favorite driver. So do you have a a favorite NASCAR memory?
0: Uh, There's a lot of them. Um, You know, I've got the, the memory of Talladega with Zach a few years ago. I think that was 2017 or something. We drove down to Alabama and came back all in a matter of two or three days. Um, So that was a great experience. I would say my number one NASCAR memory though would have to be my first race. Um, It was with my dad. Uh, We went to Bristol and that was probably 2015, I'm guessing. Um, we went to the night race and it rained. There was a rain delay, and we got to watch these storms come over the mountain, drink moonshine behind the grandstands, and they still got the race in that night. So that was another disappointing Carl Edwards uh, race. He was, he led most of the race and, Denny Hamlin ended up pulling that win off. Um, so my first NASCAR race, I had a chance to see my favorite driver win. And instead, Denny Hamlin pulled it off. So he's always been on my shit list as well. <laughs> now,
1: now, I hate I hate to bring this up, Norton, but what happened at Talladega?
0: You, you don't hate to bring this up, Zach. <laughs> Talladega. So Edwards, again, had a, had a chance. Um, going around turn two, I think, on the last lap. Spins out. <laughs> I wish I could blame it on somebody that time. I think it was just him on his own. Um, and to make matters worse, I'm sitting there watching with a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan and Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the race. So I uh, took my marbles and I left the track and went and pouted in the car and waited for you guys to join me. And, <laughs> and that is that is a true story. I was there <laughs> and celebrating for probably 30 minutes
1: after the race.
0: You know, now you know why it's not my favorite memory. <laughs>
1: Like, uh, oh. Where did where did Justin go? I think he stormed off, and, and sure enough, about forty five minutes later, he comes he comes walking to the car. <laughs> yep. That's
2: that's a good that's a good one. <laughs> so last question you you've been in the fantasy league obviously since the beginning as you started it. Is there any personal rivalries anything anybody that you're competing with on the side that you kind of want to shout out?
0: Well, you guys you know um fair you guys both have multiple teams so i want to beat all of them uh and really i'm kind of sick of seeing all the rolfuses up up towards the top 10 so any of those guys i'd be fine to see drop off because i get to hear from them uh then i got to compete against my dad and some of the past successful people in nascar fantasy dan grable comes to mind uh he had a year where he finished first and third so Anytime we see him not in the money, that's that's successful because I'm the guy that gets to pay him. <laughs> Fair enough. So
2: uh, thank you, North, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you taking time to uh, to talk to us. Any any final thoughts for for everybody out there?
0: No, uh, thanks for having me on. You guys are doing a good job. Hopefully uh, this builds some interest and, and we keep growing this league. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Justin.
2: We're going to jump right into the race recap here. So this race started pretty rough for for Kieslowski. Uh His car was was not in good shape, and and Kurt Busch had a near same issue that that Hamlin almost had last week, where his left rear tire when he was coming out of the pit the the uh, the tire wasn't attached, and it literally took the crew chief jumping on the car, the hood of the car to stop Kurt Busch from leaving the pit box. But uh, he does get that tire on and and did lose a lot of spots, but could have been a lot worse. And uh, then we saw Larson spin out. So he worked his way back up. He started in the rear, worked his way back up and spins out. And uh, Logano was the the stage winner. So uh, pretty good first stage. We had Larson Harvick and Elliott all start at the rear for various issues and they finished 13th, 14th, and 15th. So pretty good push from, from those three drivers and uh, a, a pretty entertaining first stage of, of Darlington.
1: Yeah. And, and for stage two, uh, Larson had his engine engine problem, uh, was the first DN- DNF of the day. He, it seems like he's just, you know, feast or famine this year. That, he's he either finishes, you know, top ten, or or he's finishes toward the back of the pack. So he was the first car out with with the engine issues. Chastain and Truex picked right back up where they left off last week. It seems like those two were just battling uh, right next to each other for for most of the race, and, and they couldn't get away from each other. It's a fun one. To, that's uh, a fun battle, end, though.
2: I just want to say that's a that's a really interesting uh, dynamic between uh, a really nice driver you know, somebody that is well respected as just a, a nice person in Truex, And, and then there's yep. Chastain who, you know, honestly, he's, he's kind of driving with a chip on his shoulder with this track house racing and, you know, kind of not being taken serious and how, how good were they going to actually be? Um, so it's, I've really enjoyed these last couple races with, I know some people are, are hating on Chastain's driving and, and talking about how it's going to come back and, and vitamin in, in the future. But, I, for one, am enjoying it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, and, and I think it, as you watch, you know, at stage two, you could definitely tell Chastain was given Truex a lot, a lot of room. He did not want to have another run <laughs> in with Truex, especially after what happened last weekend. So, uh, it, definitely uh, a fun to watch those two so go at it, and and they both have fast cars. I mean, Chastain obviously's. He's he's won and he has some better finishes than Truex, but overall those two cars you know are, are toward the front you know majority of each week. So it, it's going to be fun to see how that you know plays out the rest of the year. Uh, toward the end of stage two, Keselowski, I can't remember if he had a tire issue or what, but he he you know hits the wall, spins, and, and unfortunately Kyle Busch, uh, there was nowhere <laughs> for him to go, and he caught the right uh, left front of his of his car, and um, he wasn't too happy. Broke. His, no, he wasn't. He broke some, <laughs> he broke some suspension pieces and, um, basically drove the car down pit road. And instead of pulling it in the garage, he just parked it there and walked away. And and there's a, more of a story there. Um, last year he got, I, I, he either got fined or, or he got talked to by NASCAR because he, after his car was, was too damaged to keep racing, he flew into the garage knocked a couple cones over and basically like Fans that were in, um, back, you know in the garage area, scattered, uh, and so he got a stern talking to, him, and I think he might have got fined as well. So, I think that had something to do with why he just left it on pit road and said, "To heck with this, I'm out of here." But, um, he he did throw a little t- t- temper tantrum there, and, um, I, I know this you're not the biggest cow bush fan out there, and that and that didn't uh, help his cause with you, that's for sure.
2: You know, I I will say that I do I do appreciate the pettiness of the move to leave the car where he left it however (laughs) i mean let's be real his his temper tantrums his uh little whiny interviews after the the race and and just everything's everyone else's fault it's never his his you know his he doesn't take ownership over anything and honestly it it, i am not a kyle bush fan i think that he's he's a, a good driver but the the off the field or off the the track stuff is is just tiring and and I haven't even been a NASCAR fan that long, but he is he's already worn me out.
1: Yeah, no, he he's a driver that you either you either love him or you hate him. There's there's really no in between. And 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 I you know with Truex being my favorite driver, I, I've Kyle Busch has grown on me. I'll be honest, he is actually he's grown on me over the last couple of years. But that is one thing that does bother me with him. I I really wish. Um, he he would just take onus and and not throw his team under the bus whenever the car is bad and and throw these temper tantrums that he's doing because he's not, he's not helping his cause and he's not growing or or increasing his fan base by doing that. So that is is one thing I wish he would stop doing and um, it it would help him in the long run. But unfortunately, you know, he is who he is. And and like I said, you either love him or you hate him. He plays that heel
2: role pretty well. uh, But at some point, you got you can't take yourself so serious, and and you gotta you just you can't just whine about it every time. And it it stuff happens to every driver every week, where you know a lot of things they can't control. And and it's just it seems to be a bigger deal with him. So, um, not not gonna cry or shed a tear if I see uh, the old eighteen. <laughs> getting hauled up into the garage.
1: And unfortunately I have him on both my fantasy teams. So again, he's grown on me in the last couple of years. So I hope he, I hope he does well, but I, I really wish you'd stop doing that. But um, to end stage two, Chastain, Chastain picked up uh, the stage two victory uh, for all you fantasy teams that have him on your team that helped the cause with, with the stage win. Yeah. A really exciting stage. And, and
2: then we jump to the final stage and the, the stage, Continues with some hard racing from Chastain and uh, up at the front, and just kind of pushed his car too hard, spins out, and and his day is is done. Um, Hamlin, another another crazy race for Hamlin, where he kind of started at the back and worked his way up, and uh, he had he was racing at the front, and another pit issue dropped him to fifteenth. And they, they came out and said that there was an issue with the gun button on the gun or something to that effect. But, uh, just another terrible day from, from Hamlin's pit crew. Then we had the wreck with, uh, Truex,
1: uh, Kurt Busch and Wallace and Custer. That wreck happened coming out of turn two. And there was multiple times coming out of turn two that, you know, either a driver spun such as Chastain, he spun in turn two. I believe Larson when he spun was coming out of turn two as well. And then you have Truex coming out of turn two. If you remember, it was on a restart and, and he went into turn one and, and he tried to get up and, and into the high lane and, and clear his guy, but he couldn't. So he kind of got pinned in the middle. Uh, and then Harvick came up in front of him. And I don't know if it took the air nose air off the nose of his car or what happened, but then uh, chaos ensued. Unfortunately, you, you got your two drivers with Kurt Busch and, and Bubba Wallace that were, were involved. And that's the second time that I can remember this year where both cars were taken out in the same wreck at the same time. So, um, unfortunate for those guys, but it just seemed like turn two, uh, at Darlington is the tricky corner
2: for sure. That was, uh, that did see a lot of action yesterday. Um, and then we get the, so we get to the final, final lap. Willie Byron is, is racing for the lead and on the final lap, Joey Logano fan favorite bumps Byron out of the way and Logano takes the victory. So, uh, Joey Logano did lead the most laps. So it wasn't like he came at, out of nowhere. Uh, but there was some questions and and discussion around Logano and the move and the justification. So, um, interesting final stage pretty good result for Logano fans um Zach what do you what do you think about the final stage and and thoughts on the race
1: well the overall race I thought was was probably the best Darlington race we've we've seen in in a long time maybe ever since I've been watching it um it, it just seemed like there was just action the entire time and there really wasn't you know any drivers that were just settling in and just trying to trying to take care of stuff um as we kind of pointed out last week, tires tires were going to become an issue or, or a topic. And, of course, that happened. It seemed like every caution they would go in and, and get tires, and tires mattered. Overall, there was 13 DNFs at Darlington, which is which is crazy. Uh, it's the same amount as we had at Talladega this year, it, it, to put that in perspective. And it, it's the most out of all all races this year. So, I mean, that's more than Daytona. And like I said, it ties Talladega. So it just shows you how crazy Darlington was. Um, from an overall standpoint, I enjoyed the race. I really thought it was good. Um, I didn't like the, the outcome of it. My fantasy teams take, took a beating, as did most people this week. But the last fun fact in regards to Darlington is Kevin Harvick. Talk about a, a model of consistency with him. He's had 13 straight top 10 finishes overall. Um, and the 13th top 10 finish happened at Darlington. That That is a new NASCAR record. No one has ever done that before. So uh, a good finish for Harvick and, and overall, just a really good race at Darlington.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think there was some, some really good racing. We're, we're seeing some battles that the sport needs with like Chastain and Truex and we some drama at the end. And, and so let's talk about, let's talk about that, that finish and the move with, with Logano. Byron was asked about it after the race, and, and this is what he had to say.
0: And William Byron leading right there at the end, and we just heard from Joey, and it sounded almost like it was a
1: retaliation thing. Did you guys have something happen before that?
0: No, I mean, we were really close off of two, and I think it spooked him and got him tight, and he was right against the wall, and I got the lead, and he's just an idiot. I mean, he, he does this stuff all the time. I've, I've seen it um, with other guys, and I mean, he drove in there 10 mile an hour too fast, and with these next-gen cars, you know, he slammed me so hard, knocked the whole right side off the car, and no way to make the corner. So, um, yeah, he's just a moron. He can't win a race, um, so he does it that way.
1: <laughs>
2: I love it. I love it from Willie. Um, that's a great – he called him out.
1: <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, is you, you never hear, you know, Willie Byron talk bad about anybody that is the most fired up I've ever seen him. So um, it's definitely out of character for him. And it just shows you how mad he was. And And this is going to be something to follow here the rest of the year to see if this ensues or, or turns into something more or if it was kind of a one and done deal. Yeah, I mean, he's rightfully upset.
2: Um, Logano's excuse was that he got into him in turn two. And, you know, you can you can kind of debate the video if you want, but it doesn't look like it's, anything too malicious and definitely didn't warrant a complete bump uh, to, to win the race. So I'm in, I'm in Byron's camp. Uh, we know that,
1: that Logano's had a history of this. So I went back and, and there's in-car video in, in Logano's car and basically on that restart when it came to turn two, uh, yeah, him and Byron were, were door to door um, and it was coming in out of turn two, which I said was the tricky corner of, of, of the race. And did he pinch him up into the wall? Maybe, maybe a little bit, but nothing, you know, that we didn't see the entire race. It was not out of the ordinary. He didn't do anything egregious by any means. And if you listen to the in car camera, it's almost like Logano got tight off a two and, and basically was feathering the throttle. And that's when he got into the wall. So to me, as an outsider looking in, I think Logano got into the wall by himself, and then used that to basically cover him completely and blatantly taking Byron out at the end. There, there is nobody that nobody that disagrees with him or or, or the assessment that he didn't mean to take him out, and he flat out admitted it was re- it was retaliation for what Byron did, and in my and in my opinion, uh, it was not warranted by any means. And I really hope that Byron, who like I said. Is normally a really clean race car driver, and he doesn't have a bad thing to say about anybody after the race. Um, he was fired up, and, and I hope that he does take Logano out um, if he gets it a chance uh, this year. I mean, year. it's got to be coming. I mean, he took a win away from
2: it, him, yeah. And Byron had the better car, and Logano just took it from him and made up a fabricated a story to justify yep. bumping him out of the way. So Logano. Is you know one of those drivers that that a lot of people don't like. He's got a bad rap, and you know it's things like this that people like to see controversy. They like to you know I don't think anybody really hates you know racing hard towards the end. Everyone's trying to win, but when you're beat and you retaliate that way or or win that way, it's it's hard to to gain fans. So
1: yeah, no, I agree. Um it, You know. It's it's good for entertainment purposes, but uh, like you said, Logano has a history of this. So I went back and I and I tried to think about um, the past, you know, five, six, seven years of Logano and some run ins he's had on the track, and and the first one that I can remember actually happened at Kansas, you know, speak of the devil, Kansas um, was in 2015. Matt Kenseth was in the lead. Kenseth, I believe, needed to win to advance into the play into the next round of the playoffs, and Logano completely bumped him and, and took him out of the race. Uh, Logano did go on and win that race, but it came with a price because the following week at Martinsville, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you were watching NASCAR back then or not, but basically at Martinsville, Matt Kenseth was a handful of laps down, and Joey Logano was in the lead. And Matt Kenseth completely takes Logano out, which is against any driver code out there, and one of the crazier, you know, paybacks that I have ever seen or, or can remember in NASCAR history. But just takes him out w- when he was leading, and I've never heard the stands erupt like <laughs> I did when when that happened. I mean, everyone was in Team Kenseth on that one, so um, I don't know if, if you recall that one or not, but that was one of the crazier. Uh, crazier paybacks that I've seen, but that was, you know, example one of Logano just taking somebody out for the win. Um, the second example that I could think of, and, and unfortunately, you know, Justin Norton brought this to our attention. We were talking Monday about, about the race is um, in Homestead, Miami Speedway, racing for the championship in 2016. It was one of the final restarts, and I think it was the final restart, um, Edwards and Logano, both championship contenders, and Logano tried going underneath Edwards on the restart, going into turn one, and, and basically cl- cleaned out Edwards, and, and basically the, turned in, uh, a giant, you know, wreck into turn one on the restart. So basically, took Edwards out of any hopes. Um, and I actually did go back. Uh, Logano ended, ended up finishing fourth that year or that race, and Jimmy Johnson won. So at least Logano didn't win the championship that, that year uh, for what he did there. The third uh, wreck that I can recall, uh, and this happened to my boy Martin Truex Jr., this was in 2008 or 2018 at Martinsville. It was the last race before uh, the championship race. Logano needed a win to get in. Truex raced Logano clean for 50, 60 straight laps, had the faster car, passed him completely clean, didn't touch him whatsoever, and coming out of turn four on the last lap, Logano just punts him going into turn four uh, and, and ended up winning that race. And unfortunately, he went on to win the championship that year. Uh, but that was the third incident that I recall. And, and the fourth and final incident was, you know, him wrecking Willie Byron at Darlington, so um, he he's got a target on on his back now. I think I think he already had one, but with how aggressive he, he is at these these races, um, and, and basically just blatantly wrecks guys to win, um, I I hope he gets payback. And, and Logano, he's not earned any fans with with doing what he you know has done. I think the fan base from an entertainment standpoint has been pretty entertained and kind of likes to see these rivalries on the track. But um, for our sake and and for people who dislike Logano, I really hope he gets what's coming to him, and I hope he gets taken out uh, multiple times uh, the rest of the year because I am not a fan of what he's done. Well, obviously he'd have it coming to him if he were to get –
2: uh, wrecked at some point in the in the season. And and I would just like to say that there's a difference between the hatred for Logano and a hatred for Kyle Bush. So we talked earlier about Kyle Bush and and really the it's more a personality than he 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 doesn't necessarily go out and, and wreck people like Logano and and I don't know necessarily Logano when he talks he uh, his interviews. I don't really hate him after listening to him speak. But uh, when you are going to make these choices on the track and essentially be, you know, who cares? It's, it's all about me, which to some degree you have to be, but there's, there's a code and there's, there's rules that, that these drivers follow. And so when you start to live in that gray area is, is where that starts to get dangerous. And I <clears throat> I think you gave a
1: lot of reasons or examples why Logano is kind of fits that mold. So yeah, this is. It's not. It, this wasn't a one-off race type incident. I mean, there is a history in a repeated history of Logano doing this, which so Byron knows when, when he, he called it out. Yep. Yeah, and so that's why, I'm like, Logano saying this was this was payback or, or retribution for for Byron putting him in the wall. That's that is completely garbage in my opinion. He's shown a track record doing this, and he's going to come up with whatever excuse he wants to to justify what he did. He just can't pass guys clean, and he refuses to do so, especially when it comes to a win. So, uh, again, I I I dislike him as a driver, uh, and and I really hope somebody takes him out um, this year because uh, enough is enough when it comes to him wrecking people for wins.
2: Kind of reminds me of uh, Chase Elliott and Harvick last year, where you had Chase Elliott who barely you know goes out of his way not to talk bad about him, and he he gets in his face, and uh, you know kind of had enough and Byron kind of felt the same way. I mean, he literally took a win from him. So it's uh, definitely well-deserved. So one final, uh, one final thing on the race there, we did have Justin Haley who finished third. Uh, So obviously a name that not a lot of people have on their fantasy teams. In fact, only two people have, have him on their team and that's uh, Matt Powers and Steve Rolfus, number three. So they got a uh, rare, Boost to their team from from Justin Haley, who finished third. So, speaking of fantasy, let's get into the fantasy discussion. So, team average this week was 91 points, which is was pretty high for for an intermediate track. Obviously, driven by Larson, Truex, Chestain, Kyle Busch, all exiting the race pretty early, especially Larson, who was first. Um, so, a lot of points scored. Uh, at at Darlington this week, so uh, also goes back to those DNFs that we had. So obviously that's going to take its toll on on the fantasy standings. So as we take a look at the top ten, we have a new leader, and he took a week off, went down to number two for a week, but after Darlington, Steve Rolfus, number four uh, at Rolfco, is back at the top spot. Uh, so he is up one spot to number one. And in number two is Taylor Schleiss, uh, up three spots. So a good, a good couple races for Taylor back at number two. Uh, in number three, we've got even bigger Samich, who is a new addition to the top ten. Uh, one of my teams and jumped from 20th to, uh, to third. Another team that moved up three spots is Dennis Musich is up to number four uh, from number seven. Uh, Number five is a new addition to the top ten, Don Brockman, who was in 12th last week, moves up to number five. Fast Eddie is in number six, moved up three spots. Adam Holtz dropped four spots to number seven. Uh, Number eight is down seven spots, and that's my other team, uh, Bigger Sandwich, uh, down seven spots to number eight number nine is Tracy Norton who fall or Tracy Norton number one sorry uh, falls one spot to number nine and the 10th place spot for the week goes to Justin Norton number three who moved up from 13th so we had uh, three new additions to the top 10 which means three fell out and it was a tough week for the Colby household Carl Edwards fell to 24th Tammy Colby fell to 19th and Austin Colby fell to twelfth. Uh,
1: the three biggest risers this week were Troy Planback. He went from P eighty six to P sixty. Mike Colby actually uh, made up for for the rest of the Colby family there with uh, went from P fifty to P twenty six. Pride of the Colby and family. Pat, there you go. <laughs> and then uh, Pat Easton went from P forty one to P eighteen. So you know, good movement with those guys. And, and you look at the teams that they have you basically look at the top 10 of Darlington and that, that is basically who they had on their team. So you, a couple had Logano, uh, Kevin Harvick was on all three teams and Chase Elliott was on two teams. So it, it helps when you have a, you know, a handful of drivers in your team have success that week. And, and that what that's what led to them being on the riser list this week. In regards to the fallers, you kind of mentioned it a, a little bit earlier, Carl Edwards, Carl with a K. <laughs> went from P4 to P25. Mark Paulson went from P21 to P41, and Linda Boyson went from P44 to P64. And you look at their their teams. Uh, unfortunately, all three have Kyle Larson. All three have Kyle Busch, and two of them had Martin Truex. So, unfortunately, you know when those guys have DNFs, it's going to take a hit. And, and unfortunately, um, those are the those are the three biggest fallers this week. In regard, in regards to the driver swaps, um, there was two teams that traded Kurt Busch for for Ross Chastain. Uh, one team traded Harrison Burton for Chris Busher. Another team traded out Harrison Burton for Jones. So Burton's not getting any love from from you, fantasy <laughs> NASCAR fans, right now. Nor should he. And, and the last, yeah, the last and final trade, um, someone finally gave up on Denny Hamlin. They traded Happened. him for for Fast Willie Byron. So. Um, and if you look at the just the the driver standings or the driver averages, Hamlin is having a horrendous year this year. Uh, he's lucky to have that one win that he has now because if it wasn't for that win, I'm not sure he's gonna, he'd make the playoffs this year. But um, those are the four four big swaps for the week. Yeah,
2: let's let's talk about Hamlin. So one other thing that we're going to do with these uh, these fantasy discussions that we have is we are going to to talk about some storylines that are happening some bigger picture things that we see through the league uh things that uh nort has given us as he's you know gone through the standing so um let's talk about hamlin that's one of the the storylines so he is currently as the third worst fantasy driver and you wouldn't believe it but harrison burton and cole custer are the only drivers that are worse so it is it is pretty awful. Um, he's not having a good year. We started with thirty-two teams with Hamlin, and the last trade was the was the fifth team to drop him. So still quite a quite a few teams are holding on to Hamlin. It's um I think he's a nineteen point driver. Is that right, Zach? He's, is he nineteen or eighteen? I think he is nineteen. So, I mean it's he's he's worth a lot. So it's it's definitely hurting some teams. The highest team actually with Hamlin is in 54th place. So if, uh, if you have Hamlin, you're, you're not doing well. So in, interesting to see somebody like Hamlin be statistically so bad. Like I knew he was having a bad year from watching, but it's, it's awful to, or it's interesting to see the the actual stats.
1: Yeah. And, and if you think about it, the season that he's had, uh, it, it seems like you know he's got some pretty bad luck on his side he's got fast race cars you know for the most part there's been a couple of tracks that he's shown up and and he, he's not been good but for the most part he's got some pretty fast race cars it's just between pit road and and you know bad luck with with Cody Ware and some other drivers on the track that that causes wrecks he, he just cannot have a, a good solid week which is really unfortunate for for someone who, who, as you pointed out, is worth 19 points. And um, a, as we've mentioned in the past, when, when you're spending 19, 20 points on a driver, you you expect them to get top fives and top tens on a, on a consistent, you know, every week basis. And unfortunately, that, that has just not happened with Danny Hamlin this year.
2: Yeah, for sure. So um, looking at some of the other storylines, so we had, we had some teams that, when they submitted their teams in the beginning of the year, they had the exact same team. So uh, Tracy Norton and Zach, one of your teams, and uh, one of the Gravel's teams, all were the same. And Tracy Norton dropped Kyle Larson for Byron, which you may remember we talked about on the podcast last week and apparently he took his defense to us, you know, uh, <laughs> bringing that up and, and questioning that. But, uh, I stand by it. I, 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 don't think that's a good trade in the long run, but that was last week. So, um, but it's interesting because after two weeks of that trade of him trading that out, they actually have the same points. So it was interesting to see, uh, that, He made the trade and even after two weeks, he still can't separate from you guys. So,
1: Yeah. And if you think about it, so Larson finished last Byron, you know, was was battling for the lead. So it looked like a pretty good trade, you know, to this point, he then gets taken out. I still think he finished 12th or 13th. So it wasn't like a disastrous day for him. But um, as as you mentioned, I I still don't like that trade. Uh, We'll see how it plays out, but, I still think Larson is going to be the better driver of two to to finish the year, but we'll we'll see how that goes.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be one to watch, and and we had word that that Tracy Norton was not very happy at uh, Logano <laughs> when, uh, when he bumped him out of the way. So uh, the last thing that we're kind of keeping an eye on is we thought it would be fun to do kind of a rookie of the year watch, and and this would be any team that has that this is their first year. In Fantasy NASCAR. So we had 18 total new teams this year. Uh, the leader of Rookie of the Year is Robert Schaefer, number one, who's currently in 13th place. So pretty good showing from from a rookie. Uh, I do happen to know he, he's my uncle, and I, I happen to know he is a very big NASCAR fan. So uh, not surprised to see him doing, doing that well. Uh, but in second place for the rookies is Eddie Bajor, who is uh, a buddy of mine from New York who uh, just got into NASCAR this year. So like to see that. And then third is, is JP, who is in 30th. So we convinced him to, to, to be in the league this year. And uh, he's a, a huge Chase Briscoe fan. And uh, he's doing well in, in 30th place. Yep.
1: Brad Larson is another rookie uh another guy that we work with he's in 35th place Keeley park is in 36 and is tied with another one of our co-workers chance with his bush bush and busher team fantastic name um fantastic name i love that name might be one of my favorites in the league but uh it, it's fun to see these new new guys uh or or, or gals enter the league and it's fun to see them out there, you know, battling for, for a playoff spot, um,
2: their first year in the league. So yeah, so just a reminder, we're we we're getting to the all star break where where swaps have to be completed. Uh that's after this week in Kansas. And then and then we have just I think 13 more weeks before before the playoffs start so top 24 teams make the playoffs and we'll we'll keep an eye on that when we get closer to it but it will be here sooner than later so that's about it for for the storylines anything else zach
1: no that's that's all i got there okay um if if you're good we'll we'll jump right (laughs) into the uh race preview fun facts for this week at Kansas. yeah let's do it all right, so uh, th- this is a, a segment that, that we started last week. Uh, this fun facts, we'll we'll continue it. There's not as many uh, interesting stories here. Hold on, Kansas, let me but... let me just
2: interrupt you here and let you know that I thoroughly appreciated and enjoyed last week's facts. Uh, as, as a as a newer NASCAR fan, uh, I still have a lot to learn about the sport and the the minnow, the pond fact (laughs) they talked about it on the broadcast i had some background i really appreciated that and i so i just wanted to say i hope everyone else enjoyed them as much as i did because i i really enjoyed them so you set the bar very high for for your for your facts (laughs) here so
1: (laughs) i can't wait to hear kansas i i appreciate it i appreciate well the bar was set really high so there's, (laughs) there's only one way to go so i hope i don't let you down here but um no that's the whole point of this is just to give give people some uh, fun facts and and hopefully they'll catch it, you know, when they're, when they got the race on. But um, in regards to Kansas, it is the newest oval on the NASCAR circuit, which is really hard to believe, but the track was built in 2001 and the builders chose the Kansas side over Missouri, just based on, on better funding and tax breaks. So from a straight, it was, it was chose to go to Kansas straight from a business standpoint, which makes sense. Um, if, if you've been to Kansas or, or you watch the race on TV, you'll notice that they have the Hollywood hotel and casino in turn two. And that is the only NASCAR track that I can think of that actually has a casino right next to the racetrack. Uh, I wonder if there was some type of deal that had to be made, uh, to get that casino there, or maybe that's the reason why the track was built in the hotel was just part of the, or the casino was part of the package. But Um, it's crazy that they have a a hotel and casino there coming out of turn two when you're watching it on TV or there in person. In regards to Kansas, just as a race, so it's a mile and a half intermediate speedway, and there's quite a few uh, on the NASCAR schedule, but um, with Kansas, there's there's a lot of long green flag runs and minimum cautions. That's why it's really important for these guys, with the limited practice time that they get, they've got to be really good off the trailer because – they don't have a lot of time to adjust the cars, especially when the cautions just aren't there for them to do so. So, um, race strategy is going to come into play. And, like I said, a good handling race car is going to be key for a guy to have a, a good result uh, at Kansas this weekend. In regards to team info, uh, there's two teams that stand out, uh, or yeah, two teams that stand out um, that have dominated Kansas, and that is Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing. They are the best performing teams and it's not even close. Their average finish uh, with those teams since February of 2019 is basically 10. The next closest team is stewart Haas racing with an average finish of 14.3. So um, four spots for an average finish is pretty significant when you think about um, how many drivers are involved. And, um, you know, like I said, this is from February of 2019. So, some pretty good stats backing that Um, driver wise some drivers that stick out to me chase elliott leads all active drivers with an average finish of 5.2 this includes four top fives and five top tens in six races and in both races last year chase elliott finished in the top 10 so um, he's a pretty consistent driver there and one that you've got to assume is going to finish in the top five uh, this weekend The second guy that stands out to me is Kevin Harvick. Um, He's the second best average driver with with an average finish of 5.5, and his stats are almost identical to Chase Elliott. Uh, Kevin Harvick finished second and third last year at Kansas, so he's another guy to look out for. Uh, you got to assume he's going to be in the top five, top ten most of the race this weekend at Kansas based on those stats. And The the next three guys that stand out or, or round out the top five is Brad Keselowski surprisingly comes in, um, in in third and, you know, based on the year he's having, I I just don't see him being a factor whatsoever at this race. I could be wrong, but historically he's been good at Kansas, but I I just don't see him being a player at all, uh, in this weekend's race. And and the fourth and fifth drivers are Denny Hamlin and Truix Jr. So that's where the Gibbs motorsport or Gibbs racing comes into play. Um, they are the fourth and fifth best active drivers at that track right now. So when you look at last year's race, the spring race winner was Kyle Busch, your boy, Kyle Busch, mm-hmm. your your favorite race car driver, Kyle Busch finished first last year in the spring race and in the fall race was, was fast Kyle Larson. So that's just some history about the track and, and guys and, and teams to look out for when you're, uh, when you're thinking about the odds or you're thinking about your fantasy drivers for this weekend.
2: So last week we made some picks, and I felt pretty good about mine, and it didn't work out for either <laughs> one of us. Uh, Hamlin finished 21st. You had Larson, who finished dead last in 36. So,
1: And I will say, Kyle Larson, it looked to me like he had a top two car before he spun out and eventually blew his engine. He He had a rocket ship of a car like he has all year. But unfortunately, the finish and the end result was not um, was not to be expected.
2: No, I have him on my fantasy teams as well, so I was not happy to see that uh, dead last finish. So we're gonna do the same thing this week, and and we're gonna pick some winners. So for me, and you kind of touched on the two that I was kind of going back between historically, uh, looking at Harvick, and he's finished, you know, in the top ten and average for all his races. He's 32 races at Kansas, um, which is the best among active drivers. He finished fourth, second, second, third in his last four races there. So, you know, looking at him, that's a, a, a driver that I was thinking, okay, this is might be, might be the pick, but he is really struggling this year. And I, I just couldn't pull the trigger. So I am going to pick chase. You met, you touched on his, his success there and you know, his, he. Last twelve races, average finish of of nine point eight. so um he's he's just a a very consistent driver this year and and so I'm gonna pick him. Um, I will say that one of the other suggestions that Zach and I got were to talk about betting odds, and we we record this on on Tuesday night. so we weren't sure if the odds would would actually be out yet for the race and and we did get them. So um, if I'm gonna pick based on, odds we've got chase elliott as plus 800 and and i i wouldn't say that's great value but if i'm going to take a a place a bet here it would be on kevin harvick who's plus 1600 and i even though he hasn't had a, a very good year this year i think that's great value plus 1600 for kevin harvick who's historically done very well at kansas
1: yeah, no, uh, he's he's my dark horse for this weekend. Uh, as you mentioned, he he hasn't had a, a very consistent or strong year this year. Uh, however, his Kansas stats speak for themselves. The guy is just a you know a top five, top ten machine at Kansas. So, at plus sixteen hundred, that's a really good favorable odds uh, to to make some money this weekend on Kevin Harvick. My pick of the weekend. It's going to be a little surprising because he's not a, he's not in the top. Four in regards to the betting odds this weekend, but I'm going. I'm going with my boy Martin Truex Jr. If you look at his last four or five years historically, he is a machine and a model of consistency on these intermediate racetracks, these mile and a half racetracks. He doesn't have the results this year compared to years past, but if he's going to have a breakthrough uh, this year, it's going to come at Kansas this weekend, and with his odds at plus a thousand that's a pretty good bang for your buck in my opinion. So I'm going to go with my boy, Martin Truex jr. For this weekend in Kansas.
2: Yeah. I think that those are two really good picks. I think that the, the odds are, are that high for them because they just don't have the wins either historically or, or even recently, uh, that, that justifies the odds like, like Kyle Larson at plus 700 or Elliot at plus 800, even Denny Hamlin at plus 900. So, um, I think the the odds makers are taking that into consideration and I think that uh, still some very good value with those with those two picks. So
1: Yep, no, I agree. And, and as as we mentioned earlier, again, this podcast is for for all the listeners out there in the fantasy league. So if there's anything more that you guys want us to talk about or 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 add or something that interests you, definitely Tweet us at, at at the Twitter handle or send us an email and, and we'll definitely be sure to add it to our to our daily or, or weekly lineup in regards to what we talk about on this podcast.
2: Yeah. Like like Zach said, we make it for you guys. So um, we want to make it as entertaining and, and informative as as possible and and your input is is part of that. We will continue to ask for for people to come on the podcast and kind of tell their NASCAR story and kind of get to know everybody. We we enjoy the the friendly rivalry amongst teams and and trying to you know beat your buddy or you know finish higher than than some of your friends. So uh, hopefully this this podcast provides a little little more value than than just a, you know an email that we've done in the past and get you guys you know. Um, involved and and interactive with with the league and and make it a little more fun for everybody and as we try to to grow this thing so thank you for 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 listening thanks for justin norton for for joining earlier uh appreciate his time and and thanks zach for for doing that this week and it's been fun and i can't wait to to watch kansas it's gonna be fun can't
1: wait